You are listening to the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast, where you discover management insights and strategies for your successful dental practice. There are also interviews with key people in the industry who have advice and services to help you and your team achieve great success. Welcome to this episode of the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast, and I have got a super guest today. It is Rochelle Fisher of Dental Assisting and Beyond. Hi there, Rochelle. Hello, Julie. How are you? I'm very well. You and I have only just recently met, but every time I chat with you, I feel like I could talk to you for the whole day. So we are late coming on to start recording because we're talking about a range of very, very interesting things. So everyone knows who you are, Rochelle. Can you tell us all a bit about your journey? Because quite obviously by your accent, you're not originally from Australia. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm very, very much English. Um, I'm from the north of England, from a lovely place called Yorkshire. And um, I've been in Australia for the past 10 years. And I was originally on the Sunshine Coast and then moved to sunny Sydney and then headed down to Melbourne and I've been in Melbourne for four years because obviously I must have missed the British weather. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly right. I hope you feel well at home in these rainy days that we've been having. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get me back to the Sunshine Coast, please. <laughs> <laughs> and would it be right that you've got two areas of passion? One is dental assist, is dental nursing, because that's one of our previous conversations we were talking about, possibly, you know, a good definition between dental assisting and dental nursing. There's quite a bit of education background that you've had that I've never had that really does encourage me to call myself an ex-dental assistant rather than an ex-dental nurse, but also yoga as well. These are your two areas. Would that be right to say that? Yes, that would be. Lovely. And the area of dental nursing that you've come from, very much a surgical background. Yes. So in England, I started my career when I was just 16 years old and went into the dental school at the time, Leeds Dental School. And that was actually um, half of my time was at the dental school and then half was in a dental practice. And that dental practice happened to be a very long time ago, <laughs> was actually a little general anaesthetic clinic, but the days that the anaesthetist had come in and just chair side. And so from the age of 16, I, I was assisting in taking out wisdom teeth and full clearances. And I stayed there for about nine months and then realized I didn't know how to assist in a root canal or a crown prep or anything but you know I knew my forceps and surgical instruments back to front and so then I went into general practice stayed for two years as well at the dental hospital and did my qualifications and at that time you didn't it was a little bit like Australia you didn't have to be qualified but um, my parents insisted that if I was going to do it I had to be qualified (laughs) (laughs) Um, thank you mum and dad now and then I worked in the NHS for about eight years and I was very fortunate to work with an amazing dentist who gave me a lot of education but after the eight years I was um blood hungry again and went back into into private practice and started doing um more surgical based and a lot of cosmetic work with dental implants 
And I worked in a beautiful practice for a few years and then went to work back in a hospital environment at a private hospital that actually was a Ramsey hospital, which are Australian. Um, And I worked there for about five years in the operating theatre with the oral surgeons and natural facial surgeons. But the days that I didn't assist because as we've spoken, the rules are slightly different over there. I used to be a scout nurse in theatre for hips, knees, facelifts, you name it, we've seen it. So this real like surgical background and aseptic technique background goes like from when I worked in England and being trained in a proper professional hospital environment rather than, you know, Doris, who's worked in the practice for years, showing me how to do something. <laughs> yeah, which is the way I've been trained. <laughs> And then, and I feel like my whole sort of career, I've been very privileged to have worked with like world-class surgeons and always had the opportunity to learn more. That is just tremendous. And we're going to be focusing on how you are providing training and assistance to dental practices with their surgical setups and asepsis space uh, in a future episode and because you've got an enormous amount of information to be able to share around this and I do love that concept of how can we make dental nursing something that you do have an actual certification that allows you to be able to work in any kind of hospital situation and that being quite different to the market that we want to continue bringing into dental practices, which are people who are untrained coming in as dental assistants, being trained as dental assistants. And we are consistently filling our pool with both people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Our recruitment pool. We need to continue (laughs) focusing on our recruitment pool. Tell me a little bit about your history around yoga. My history around yoga. So I must've been about 20 in England and my mum used to drag me to a yoga class once a week with her and I went purely just because my mum wanted to go and then that kind of fizzled out as it does and then I didn't really find yoga again until I came to Australia and I did a little bit on the Sunshine Coast but then when I went to Sydney I had I used to run a lot and I had an, an injury from running And so I stumbled across this local um, studio and I was like, oh, I'll just give it a go. And there was something, even though I was going for an injury and going for a more um, workout um, rather than a spiritual kind of healing place for me, every time I went in, especially after work, I just felt this like sense of, of like coming home. And I was working for a wonderful dentist at the time, but a very demanding, high, um, sort of a very elite practice um, with a lot of, especially patients, because they were investing a lot of money, very high expectations. So every time I went to the studio and I came out, I was like, oh, my body feels good, but I actually feel karma and so I continued to go and it became my home and I made a lot of wonderful friends that I still keep in touch with and then from the studio then I came to Melbourne and lost that studio feel for a while but then stumbled on a different style of yoga (laughs) in Melbourne and continued that and then through um, the lockdown periods 
I had a lot of time on my hands because a lot of the practices were closed and the studio in Sydney, Power Living, actually did their teacher training online. So it was a perfect opportunity for me to be like, well, I can actually do this. And never did I think that I would become a yoga teacher. I just did it for my own personal journey. And so I did 200 hours in vinyasa, which is, you know, your nice bendy flow, you Lululemon kind of girls. And then after that, I found another style of yoga through um, a teacher in Melbourne called Kundalini. And that's, as we've spoken, it's a lot more about breath work and the power of the mind and being able to, through breath and movement, go beyond that mind. And that lovely monkey mind that tells us every day, just give up, just grab a chocolate bar, go and sit on the couch. <laughs> um, and so then because lockdown happened again, I was like, oh, maybe I should <laughs> do another 200 hours. So I did another 200 hours with a guy called Guru Singh in L.A., and then another lockdown happened because we're in Melbourne. Because um, we're in Melbourne. That's right. <laughs> they just kept coming one after the other. Yeah. So thank you, Dan Andrews. You personally got me through three yoga teacher trainings. And so then I went to do my yin, 75 hours in that, which is more of a beautiful restorative um, yoga working into like deep fascial tissues. So I really like played with all the um, different styles to be able to then draw it all in together to, to make my own style with it, really. I love it. Gosh, I want to sign up for the class. I'm so pleased that we live closely to each other. <laughs> <laughs> so an area that you are also tapping into uh, to be able to provide assistance within the dental community is what our focus is today, and that is just uh, health and wellness and being able to put things in place for ourselves personally and our dental teams to make sure that we are keeping a lid on, or not keeping a lid, that's a terrible way for this, like repressing it, but but making sure that we're managing the stresses of dental practice operations so that it's not all accumulating up and tipping us into, you know, uh, a very stressful situation and, and dysfunction within the team as well and unhappiness for us individually. Yeah, Definitely. So it reminds me of, because the timing of everything is just so perfect, I wrote an article for the Australasian Dental Practice magazine, and I'm just going to refer to a couple of points in it, and I'll provide a link in the show notes for people for, if they don't get that magazine, if they'd like to read it. But I performed a few, a couple of months ago, a few months ago, a survey of dental practice managers, and 53 responded, and it was really quite surprising at how many of the respondents were pretty under the pump and quite stressed. And I had a linear scale, how, you know, where do you sit? You know, one is absolutely, you know, I've got a handle on everything and 10 is, I'm at nearly at breaking point most days. And I think the average was eight. So many people were dipping in and out of that breaking point quite often throughout their working days. And one of the things that that I became aware of while I was doing this survey as well is the the LifeWorks latest mental health index indicated that one in four Australians are experiencing burnout at work. And it was my survey indicated that 35% were really struggling on a regular basis within dental practices. So what's been your experience? 
my personal experience or oh, what you've seen what you've seen yeah well one of my one of my experiences is when I offer health and wellness practices they're like that's so great yes we're burning out but we've not got time to do it and it really is that double-edged sword isn't it it's like well I'm sure you've got 10 minutes that you sit and scroll through Instagram per day or you just have a chat about something um so my experience at the minute it's it's still quite alarming because the burnout is really real and I know so many practices are struggling at the moment with staff and I think at the minute there's this real thin line between going the extra mile and burnout and there's no kind of balance with that at the moment and so I think that's something that really needs addressing. When do you go that extra mile? Be really interested. Say, I mean, I'm going to stay 10 minutes because I know that the 10 minutes now is going to save the rest of the team tomorrow. Or this, well, I'm not doing that because it's 5.30, so I'm leaving. Yeah. So I think this is something that we need to address as an industry um, because I know you and I have probably come from a similar era <laughs> of you just you just did it you know if a patient was in there and they needed a filling and you had to stay 10-15 minutes you just did it but to the point now that there's so and I'll be very careful (laughs) what I'm saying here because of fair workers and everything else it's like on one and the bosses are too afraid to say you have to stay and some of the workers are like well I'm not staying but then a very personal experience when I was still um, working and not so long ago I went to work at practice and to do some consulting there and they I think I was contracted to 38 hours I was working about 40 hours. I wasn't in clinic, so, you know, I could come in in the morning and catch up with emails and things. And they said that they didn't like my attitude and the other girls were staying till 11 o'clock at night. And why wasn't I doing that? Now, that's burnout and that's them really pushing their staff and that's not appropriate. But, you know, to Mrs. Smith, who's broken a crown and can you just stay an extra 10 minutes and, you know, tomorrow you might, you'll get an extra break. So I think 10 years ago, it was so different. It was a little bit like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It was this like lovely team building and team approach. But for some reason, and I don't know whether this is because of COVID, but that's really broken. Mm. And because we're struggling to get dental nurses or dental assistants now the ones that are there are like no I'm not doing that yeah there is it it's been the shift I agree with you and it was you just you didn't even question if the patient's there and you need that's that's part of your role but you're right fair work and as with everything my husband says with everything there's benefits and drawbacks there's been absolute obvious benefits to fair work, really tightening up with making sure people have got all of the allowances and a structure Mm. that is not taking advantage of their efforts. But the drawback has been we've lost that chance to be 
flexible and negotiate behind the scenes and develop mm-hmm. a nice working culture with the pra- within the practice itself. And with different generations as well, I think you and I are from a generation where we kind of just did what we were told and we didn't resent that, whereas younger people are like, no, 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 this is actually unreasonable and I need to have a voice here with that. And so, again, there's benefits and drawbacks to everything. And I was thinking about our discussion as I was walking the dog this morning and I thought to myself, that's right, because some of these pressures that certainly the dental practice managers felt and you've just highlighted as well, because of the COVID situation, we have got a lot of team members who are off work for unexpectedly for the day for whatever reason. It could be because they've tested positive, they're isolating. It could be that they're stressed out because the past month I've been covering somebody else for most days for the past month. And so we have got the op- the daily operation of the practice is so much more stressful. Mm-hmm. And everyone, you know, they're, they're all in their WhatsApp groups and it starts to ping at seven o'clock in the morning and everyone's <laughs> filled with dread before they even get through the front door because someone it means somebody else is it can't come in for the day. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you've got a lot of, and I don't want to focus it on practice managers, but I think practice managers have been the ones that have had to kind of duck back into surgery on reception when someone is ill, but their workload doesn't reduce down. They've still got to get their workload done. And now they probably feel like they're more recruitment specialists and managing a dental practice effectively. Yeah. And I pre-COVID and even during it, I was a a clinical coordinator for a really big practice. And, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning, my phone would start. And, you know, you'd be rearranging people. And then what you thought you would have a day of doing the rosters, you'd end up in Sterry helping the girls. And so, you know, you you have all this pressure and then, you know, you do the roster for that week and then someone won't be happy. And you're like, I don't sit at home and make... make sure that I'm making your life difficult. Like I'm looking at this, there's a re, there's a, always a method in my madness why I'm doing it this way. And then, you know, as a big practice, you'll then get a dentist saying, you've put them with me and I don't really want to work with them. And you're just like, oh. And as a manager, you know, it's, that's just like one tiny aspect. And you're never going to make everyone happy, but you have to do what's going to be right for that practice. Yeah. And that starts at 5 a.m. in the morning most days. Yeah, and I think the the contemplation goes on all the time. I think practice managers don't tend to turn off, just like practice owners don't either, because they're constantly turning their mind to, oh, how can I get those two to get along better? And if I put this in action on this roster, that's going to upset that person. So what kind of conversation can I have with them? And this person may respond badly, so I've got to manage that as well. So I think the contemplation time kind of goes on through all the waking hours of a dental practice manager and practice owner's day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, you've got the nurses that are sitting there all day in clinic, like this hunched over, um, standing on the heads, you know, because the dentist needs a little bit of a be- better view. Yeah. <laughs> and just, just a bit more here and, you know, basically upside down. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not being able to always have breaks when you need to or even go to the bathroom and... And this is more sort of a surgical aspect as well. When you're scrubbing in for, you know, an implant or something and you sit there for a few hours, that's it. You know, there's no, there's no wriggle room. <laughs> and literally, if I wiggle, I may pee. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, I look at it that, um, you know, we're in this health industry, but as a profession, are we healthy? You know, we 
we're tired, we run into the kitchen and, you know, there's a bowl of lollies. Lollies? Yeah, you don't call them sweets, do you? Lollies. Yeah, lollies. <laughs> on the table, you know, your you coffee and you quickly whack it down and have some sugar and go back to work. And it's like we're just, as a profession, we're not being healthy and we're not being kind to ourselves. I agree with you. And so I think as well one of the thoughts that I had was that I think if any one particular or one individual team member was struggling, I'm not necessarily sure they'll put their hand up at the right time where preventive measures could be taken or action could be taken to make sure that that person then starts to function well again. I think the time that people put their hand up is when they're close or in burnout. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's this fine line, isn't it, of putting your hand up and as we were speaking about something about negative and positive earlier, but the the ripple effect of like, well, if I put my hand up too early, do I sound like a little bit of a negative Nancy or, you know, moaning? And then does this have an effect on the practice? Oh, well, you know, she's not happy and da-da-da. Or do I just kind of buckle up and get on with it and then be at a point of burnout? So it is that fine line. So I think in practices, if we can implement something, you know, we have policies and protocols for cross-infection, for answering the phone. We need a protocol and a policy of how do we combat as our team and everyone's will be slightly different, you know, and having like a health and wellness person to go to. And why I set the health and wellness part up in mine and I, my dental assisting and beyond, I never thought the beyond part would be yoga. <laughs> <laughs> never, never thought that. And it was just something that, you know, I sat with one day and was like, the only thing that keeps me sane through, you know, standing in an operating room for hours and I'd be doing biomaxes with surgeons and things. So we might be there for five hours some days, stood and an operating table scripting. The only thing that saves me physically and mentally is a very healthy lifestyle out of work, whether that's breath work in the morning, whether that's going for a walk or moving my body through yoga. And then I'm like, well, hang on a minute. If I feel like this and this is saving me, then surely it can save other people. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, workplace workplace health and safety legislation now requires workplaces uh, to create an environment that's just not physically safe but mentally safe as well. What can we do? What can we bring into dental practices to help look after this very important area? Yeah, well, I think some practices say like, oh, we don't want to do yoga here. It's just like, well, it's not actually, yes, it is. Some parts of it is yoga. But if you, if I come into the practice and do a workshop, you know, we all come together as a team and we do some team building activities first, like we were speaking before the podcast. And, you know, then we'll have a really open discussion about burnout and what that looks like to your team and then you know writing a policy or a protocol of what we're going to do the steps just like if you go into steri how to clean the instruments okay when I'm feeling like this on a scale of one to ten and then start to really openly discuss burnout so like you said instead of like I don't want to say anything so I'll wait until it gets to breaking point and then call in sick for two weeks because I can't do anything and now I'm, you know, seeing a psychologist or, you know, 
been able to, as a team, implement that before the breaking point. And so we'll go through that first and we'll work out how it's going to work for that team because everyone's different, you know, and some people have dentists that are really mindful and really want to help and some have dentists that it's just like, leave everything to the practice manager. I can't deal with any girls crying. And that's, you know, that's cool. They'll own it. You know, I've worked with dentists that are like, that, like, please don't cry. <laughs> please don't have any confrontation with me. I just want to do fillings. But, you know, they own that and they have, they've got a practice manager to deal with that. So it's that kind of part of policy or a protocol, but we'll workshop it together. So everyone's on board as a team because everyone has different ideas. And, you know, there's so many different personalities in one practice that, you know, if I went in and said, this is the policy that you have to, it wouldn't work in every practice. It has to be customizable, doesn't it? You're right. Mm. So customizing it to that practice. And then from there, we'll start going into different kinds of styles of breath work, breath work that can really calm you down that can calm your patients down and then breath works to really like pump you up to get you going for the morning or you know when you've got that two o'clock slump and you're like not another root and <laughs> um, or you know if you have had a bit of a confrontation with someone to be able to get that sort of anger or that like oh I really want to say something but I won't at the moment to get it out through breath just going in a corner <laughs> going in the toilet cubicle and just understanding how to to regulate your own nervous system and then from there we go through some movement and posture correction things that will really help when we've been like this all day because we're like this all day at work and then we go home and we pick up our phones and we're like this again you know, so it's it's that really being mindful about what postures, what can we do to start opening this part of our body so we're not at the physio every week and, you know, then when we get a little bit older, having scans and everything else. Um, and so we'll go into posture correction, into movement, into things that will help. And then we're going to some nice meditations at the end, mm. things that will really start to calm us down. Okay. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Because I think, you know, the other thing that happened back in our day was when we were required to hang back a little bit longer or cover somebody else's shift, it was a random act. Mm. But now it seems to be very much every week there's something else that we're having to contend with. And so whereas in the past you could just say just really show your team appreciation for when mm. they do step up. Uh, and for us, you know, that you know that was always appreciation still is at the top of the list most of the time when I see these Facebook group conversations around what makes you feel valued as a team member or what do you love as a team member. Most of them have elements around appreciation that people actually appreciate the efforts I put forward every day. So that's still at the top of the list. But when we are talking about the it's, it's like an accumulation. It's like the toxins in our world, you know, cleaning chemicals and the suction chemicals and the um, shampoos. The And I just recently heard about the, the items of clothing that, that um, don't need ironing as much. That's got chemicals that constantly leach out and we've got herbicides and pesticides and all the things that are in our environment. Any one individual thing probably wouldn't really distress our system. But when it's the accumulation of all of these effects that have a very negative impact on our health, the same too is with the stresses, the physical stresses of sitting badly or not stretching enough or uh, not holding ourselves correctly. 
Add to that the frustrations we have amongst team members because we're a little bit over covering all the roles and that person yet again hasn't turned up to work and, and you know, that person's not working in exactly the same way that I like to work and so now I'm frustrated about that as well. In addition to that, the additional time it's required outside of the normal practice hours for us to be online, on WhatsApp, reading that email. We've got all these additional demands that you and I never had when we were growing up. When you clocked off, you clocked off. And it's the accumulation. Maybe there's not enough appreciation going on. Maybe you know we've suggested helpful things in the past, but the boss hasn't allowed, allowed us to continue on with that. Because we're stressed, as you said, we're getting the lollies rather than the nutritional lunch that we're normally supposed to have we're not having enough water through the day so we're not feeding our brains our bodies treating our bodies and brains in a way that we can be very resilient and enjoy happiness and gratitude even though things are stressful around us Mm -hmm. so it's it is like an accumulative effect on our systems that ends up playing a role in having us not enjoy our roles as much and our lives as much, but the managers and the owners aren't experiencing joy about it and the patients certainly pick up on all this as well. Well, the patients definitely pick up on it, just as like, you know, when I used to nurse years ago, they like, oh, you and your dentist, you work so well together, you're so happy. You know, patients used to enjoy coming to work and hearing the little chat that would be going on, you know. And, um, and and I do think it's sad that it has changed. But like you said, it's an accumulation of a lot of things because when I clocked off at 2.30 on a Friday, that would be it till Monday. You know, there's no mobile phones. There was no social media and, you know, can you put this on Instagram? And, you know, you probably read a policy once a year and then that was it and you you know, I mean, again, England's different because you'd still have to go on your courses and do your CPD, but that would be in work time. That was always in work time. It was never, never in your own time. Um, so like you said, when you were not even asked to stay back, you just stayed back, didn't you? It was never like, yeah, you stay back, you just stay back. Um, there was no resentment. It was just like, yeah, sure. But I understand why so many people are leaving the industry now because people don't enjoy it like we do anymore. But, you know, things have changed because they go home and then the phone's pinging till 10 o'clock at night because someone can't come in or someone's not ordered something. But, you know, I do think, again, if you go back to doing a health and wellness workshop and sitting as a team and everyone has to be there, you know, someone can't call in sick because it's a training <laughs> afternoon and really bat it out together as a team. Like, what makes you feel appreciated? Is that really pizza on a Friday that, you know, he's buying the stuff? Does that actually make you feel appreciated? Or is it everyone on a Monday sitting down together as a team and saying, okay, so if we run over every night this week, who can stay what nights? And who really needs to go because, you know, they love going to dancing on a Wednesday night or something, you know, and making sure that person has that one little passion outside of work so they can still get to. And working together, like you said, as a team and not that one person always calling in sick and then that one person always opening the practice and being there, you know, day and night. And eventually, you know, at first it's happy and you, oh, I don't mind doing it. 
but eventually that chemical builds up. Yeah, that's it. It does. It does. So within your kind of workshops that you're talking about, two questions. Number one, do you go through that side of things as well, having a discussion with the team, recognising are there things that we can introduce from a systems perspective to make Mm -hmm. sure that it's more of a fair load on everybody? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, isn't it? In dental practices and anywhere in the world, systems work the best. (laughs) You know, and I think the book by James Cleary, Cleary the yeah, habits. habits, he just says, you know, forget your goals, put your systems in place. Mm. You know, so if you have this system of like, okay, this is our system of burnout, this is our system of appreciation, this is our system that we all know someone will call in sick or someone will come in late, like let's together work out a system And it won't be the same system as the practice down the road that's got 10 nurses that all live in the same area compared to a practice that people are travelling an hour and then someone will get stuck in traffic or, you know, and then they're already stressed. So, again, it's putting that system in place and I've not got all the answers, but I let them work it out as a team. Wonderful. And that's beautiful because that's where the team start to recognise they've got the ability to get to these solutions themselves. They just have to have to get to be brought to that space of this is how you have effective discussion around it. Mm. And then they find the voice, you know, the smallest little cog, as I always say, a dental practice is like the cogs of a clock. You remove one bit and it stops working. So, you know, even the tiniest little voice in a practice, they might have something that's like, oh, my God, that's such a good idea. Yeah. You know, and then you work together as a team with it. So yeah. it's it's the start of it is very team building, but I'm like, okay, I'm giving you a safe space to have an open discussion and then have that and then work the system out together as a team. I love it. And when we tell people what to do, you know, Mondays, <laughs> it will be you, Rochelle, that has to stay back late. <laughs> whatever's happening in your life I don't care it is going to be you it's somebody else on Tuesday and the owner or the manager walk away saying I've made it fair at one person per day is going to have to stay back late that's you know we have a resistance inside of ourselves of being told what to do we've got a strong drive for autonomy and to do our own thinking and our own acting and so when you have that open discussion who's available on Mondays who's available on Tuesdays and the team members themselves are working it out and figuring out what the system's going to end up being that's when you've got people who are engaged in rolling out those systems and those solutions because they've helped formulate them formulate them to start off with yeah exactly you know and like you and I if we were doing it you'd say oh well I know that you really love going to you know salsa on a Wednesday so you know something happens now I'm I'm always good for Wednesdays and then you know as well you've kind of prepared yourself that morning when you go into work there's a possibility that I'm going to be staying late tonight Mm. yeah absolutely and I know some practices do like a rotation of people staying late and I went to a practice to do some surgical training a while ago and there's a girl and she's like oh well I have Fridays off so I always stay late for everyone else and I said but say if the girls work till 5.30 and they finish and then leave at 5.15, but you're still doing stereo till 6, why didn't, you know, if there's five of them and they all stay for 10 minutes, that's 50 minutes of work. Yeah, that's it. And then you could have gone at 5 o'clock, you know, 5.30 mm. as well. Yeah. 
And I do, you know, it's, it's always been one area, you know, you just made me feel what I, you know, what you used to feel. I remember back in the day, because this is what teamwork's really about, isn't it? That, you know, everything is just not heaped on one person. I remember back in the day when, you know, you're the young trainee and you're the one that has to stay back and do all the surgery <laughs> breakdowns and stuff. And you, one by one, everyone's just abandoning you. You're like, <laughs> I'm here by myself. And, you know, now it's getting a bit darker and I'm, and I'm, you know, all the music's off, the, the laughter's gone, everything's gone. And it's just me having to wrap everything up it's a very lonely space isn't it so when we are discussing these sort of things as a group we're benefiting from all of the input of and experiences of everyone so you can come up with some really fantastic systems so the kind of workshop my other question around your workshops was so you're doing an element of that and also introducing physical uh, things such as yoga breath work mindset i imagine is part of what you do as well within these workshops does it need to be one-on-one can it be online how do you deliver these it can be online i mean you know any we, we all know the world anything can be online now um i like to do it in person because i'm a very I, I like being with people I like that interaction but you know that's not always possible so yeah you know it can always be do, done online and then I do do a out of hours workshop as well that just one team member can go to so it's um a nice networking for practice managers for nurses for whoever so if you know you say I, I'd really like to look at these health and wellness workshops however at the moment we haven't got a good three hours of the practice to close it down and everyone work together as a team then someone can come to to the workshop on an evening yeah so I think the next one in Melbourne is January mm-hmm. and it's just that it's just the two two hours after work so and then at least it gives you like a little bit of a sort of an insight to what I do and then you know eventually when you pull your little magic wand out of the drawer and you all have an afternoon off together (laughs) (laughs) then you know you can do the full workshop very nice because I do encourage dental teams to not just focus on team training around all the clinical side of things or communication, patient rapport building, don't just focus on all of that. Do stuff for self-development, self-awareness, self-care, because then each of the individual team members within your team are becoming happier in themselves, bringing a better version of themselves to their life and to the team as well. And that's constant improvement from, from a different angle, but that then impacts every part of the practice as well. And I think that brings one value to the team, but it also makes each team member feel valued because they're not saying you, we need you to go on another cross-infection course because as DAs in Australia, that's all really we ever get told to go on, isn't it? Yeah. Another cross-infection course. So it just like giving that, giving everyone in the practice like a different perspective on something as well. And again, that self-development and being able to feel good in your body and be healthy, you know, that actually the dentists or the the owners that are signing up to this are actually caring about your physical and mental, like, well-being. Wonderful, wonderful. And don't you want to be working in a practice that actually cares about that? 
Oh, and I tell you what, if you start talking about that a lot on your website and particularly your Facebook page, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge user of Instagram, so it could be the Instagram as well, but I'm sorry <laughs> with the space. Um, I know that I was helping a practice go through a recruitment process for a new receptionist. And two of the applicants said, the reason I chose to come along to this job interview was because your Facebook page showed you guys have a lot of fun, do a lot of celebrating here, and I want to be part of that. And so if you are a practice that are really committed to the health and wellness of each individual team member, do you song and dance about it on your Facebook page because you will start finding people attracted, wanting to work for you because they are recognising also how important this space is. Yeah, definitely. And I I was speaking to um, a practice manager the other day in Perth about another course and she said, you know, the the problem is like the staff come in and then the dentists, you know, they don't want to train them too much because then they'll go to the person down the road for another dollar. And I said, that's that's not the truth and I said that's a story that everyone makes up in their head and I said but I can guarantee that if you are at a practice and you are well looked after and you are enjoying it and having fun and feeling um appreciated you're not going to go to Dr Bruce we'll call him now down the road for another dollar yeah. who isn't looking after his staff you know you 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 want to be with that teamwork with that camaraderie yeah I've had many conversations with dental team members that say I know I could get more money elsewhere but I love it here so much yeah. Yeah. and that and that is so true and the last practice I worked in at in Sydney um I was very well looked after and the bosses really cared for the team and every morning we'd have a morning huddle every morning you know it wasn't the mornings that everyone got there early, there were proper policies and protocols. We had lots of training and they made it fun, you know, they yeah. made it really fun. And if someone had offered me more money somewhere else, I wouldn't have gone because yeah. I really loved working there. And it yeah. was an, it was a family, you know, we were a team together. Nice. There are some teams that get it right, aren't they? And mm-hmm. they are just brilliant to work with. But the ones that aren't getting it totally right or the ones that really haven't focused on this area, you know, put a line in the sand from now on, we're going to start, you know, looking for opportunities to create a very safe workplace from a health and safety perspective for mental and physical. But we're actually going to take these actions and bring them part into this is the way we do things. Every now and again, you do hear of people having a massage therapist come through and actually do a massage on the, one of those massage chairs for everyone. Oh, <laughs> and, you know, there are things that we can do, like getting yourself into do a workshop so we get to understand how we can do the yoga, how we can do the breath work, how we can put in place systems and strategies so we are healthier mind body spirit coming into work every day i wonder within the dental surgery space over the past couple of years what the rate of uh sickness has been that you know that's the reason why they're not coming into work because of sickness how much of it's attributed to or could be avoided i should say if we were focusing on these areas yeah i mean how many how many practices call up saying i've hurt my neck or i've hurt my back yeah, yeah. Because I was doing a crown prep for three or four hours yesterday and now my neck is so sore. I can't come into work today. Yeah, and I know that uh, Dr. Anako Ball, she's a dentist here, based here in Melbourne and she does a lot of work around posture and and yes. have you heard of Anako? I have, yeah. She's a glorious human being. Mm-hmm. Um, also happens to be Hungarian, which makes her more glorious because I'm mm-hmm. married to a Hungarian. Uh, but she, when you, you know, when you look at the work she's doing, 
every dentist should be coming out of university, going, doing her course, and then going out and doing and practicing dentistry so they know how to hold themselves. But there's nothing out there for the dental assistants and dental nurses. And so what are we going to make? How, how can we make sure that this information gets to them as well? So they are remaining healthy and sustain their own health for a long period of time. Yeah, absolutely. And girls that are in the sterilization room all day, they stood on the feet that all day, you know, are they wearing the right shoes? Not the ones that look cute. <laughs> You know, are they wearing the, the right footwear? Let's, like, start at the feet. Are they standing? Is the bench right for them? You know, just as physios come into um, offices and check people's computers, you know, people checking these environments for them. Mm, I love it. I love it. <laughs> if we have inspired any practices, particularly Melbourne-based practices, but I encourage other practices to contact you too, because I think there's such a huge demand for this. <laughs> I reckon you should yeah, be and I do go all doing a whole bunch of online courses for people around this. <laughs> That's my encouragement. Um, what 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 is a practice's next best step if they wanted to tap into you and your information, your resources, and and try to get something happening at their practice? What should they do next? The best thing to do is just contact me directly via email or um, Instagram. <laughs> Damn it. I, really, I, need to get, I have got a Facebook page. I need to market it more. Um, but just direct, um, just email me and get in direct contact. And I always do a complimentary consultation. So it can just be a quick Zoom chat with a practice manager. And then we can take it from there, really. Beautiful. Beautiful. Weekends, or if they need to do a late afternoon or early morning you know I like to tailor it again to that practice um because everyone's needs are different so yeah they are so different so different so I will put all your contact details in the show notes your website is nice and simple dentalassisting.com.au how simple is that dental assisting and beyond I should say dental assisting and be yoga And your email address is Rochelle, R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E, at dentalassisting.com.au. That's the best way to find it. Very simple, isn't it? Very simple. I like it. I like it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Rochelle. This is such an important space. It's going to be a space that more and more practices will become interested in uh, because that's just been the natural evolution, hasn't it? We've been really focused on, you know, getting rid rid of the physical hazards in a workplace and now we're kind of throwing it towards mental health and physical long-term health as well. It is an industry that is particularly challenged more than, more so than an office environment. We've got our own specific challenges that are unique to our industry that you're going to help people with. And I'm going to be welcoming you back again very <laughs> soon so we can talk about the training that you provide dental teams from a surgical perspective within their treatments and environment. So you've been joyous. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, um, Julie. It's it's been an honour. So it's really lovely to be able to um, get the word out to people as well because, you know, not everyone knows about this and it's it's just nice to, to talk openly about it as well because I think for a long time it's been such a taboo subject because saying you're burnt out in a practice is almost like, are you weak? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's great to be able to, to really talk about this quite openly and something that I am really passionate about and want to help others find that nice little balance. That's lovely. And we I've often with dental practice owners, they say, do I really need to be these people's psychologist? <laughs> 
Like, is it really my responsibility over their mental well-being? And, you know, we're not talking about providing therapy to team members. We're, we're about we're looking at the environment, what it's like to work in your particular practice and what you can do for everyone generally to have it slanted bias towards health. And I know there's so many like health and wellness packages out there and there's amazing yoga teachers out there that go into practices. For me, it's because I've done both. So I know what it's like. You know, I know if I went in as a yoga teacher and said, right, okay, every week I'm going to come in on a Wednesday at 12 o'clock and we're all going to do yoga for half an hour. That would never happen because someone would call in either calling sick or someone will call in that's broken a tooth and then, you know, the receptionist puts them in that spot. So I know that's not going to happen, you know, and I know how it feels when you're nursing all day and you've not been able to nip out and have a glass of water or, you know, you've been holding on for the last hour to go to the bathroom. (laughs) You think it's finished and it's just doing a little bit more of an occlusal adjustment. You're like, oh, how much longer? (laughs) No, no, I'm just going to polish this a bit more. And you're like, how much longer? And it's that, it's being in the driving seat and knowing how it feels that I can really sit there and talk to practices and say, I know personally how this feels on your body and the pressure as a manager or a nurse, sometimes the pressure that's put on you, you know, how can we talk openly in a practice about this? I love it. I love it. We never want to get too late. <laughs> we want to always be preemptive with it and get the helpful things happening straight away. And there are lots of helpful things to do. It's just a matter of tapping into the resources that are out there, brains like yourself, people who know and have been looking into this area to find out all the solutions that we can put into play. Have a beautiful afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Julie. It's been lovely speaking with you. I'll speak to you again very soon. (laughs) If you enjoyed today's podcast, then you should come along and join the club. The club is a whole library of lunch and learns with new lunch and learns being produced all the time that help your dental team gain greater success in your systems, in your team behaviors, in your patient management, in your patient engagement, in their treatment plans. They are usually around half an hour in length. And so team members can sit down, be paid for their lunch break, eat lunch while they're being inspired and delivered all of these insights and strategies that can be implemented so you all achieve greater levels of success. Also, Amina and I, my buddy from Dental Management Expertise, have a company, Dental Business Mastery, together. And our flagship online one-year course for dental practice managers and dental practice owners to learn how to very successfully manage your dental practice is available. Head over to dentalbusinessmastery.com.au to find out more information and has information about any other courses that we've got available. Also, make sure you do jump onto my website, julieparkerpracticesuccess.com.au, and you will see a whole load of free information. There are articles, the blog, downloads, templates, a whole load of things that are designed to help you overcome any specific challenge that you've got going on in your practice at the moment. If you have any suggestions of topics or guests that I can have on the podcast, please let me know. Thanks for listening.